Antonio face to face with David Luiz. Mikhail Antonio, Jesse Lingard, oh, thumping finish. This boy has found himself again and some. Jesse Lingard is happening. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Premier League Across the Podcast. Uh, been a bit of a while since we last recorded an episode and there's a few changes this time around. Um, our usual co-host Zeke is on a sabbatical, so he's not with us today. But we stayed true to the podcast name Across the Podcast and I have got two Americans in. Um, I'll let them introduce themselves and tell them a bit about themselves. It's uh, Joey and Josh. Uh, I can start. Uh, my name is Joey. I'm uh, mutual friends with uh, Foe, and um, I am a big West Ham supporter. I live in Ohio, so sort of the Midwest of America. Uh, started really following West Ham in 2015-16 um, season, which was the last at Upton Park Bowling Ground. Uh, finished seventh that year, so it was a great year. Since the move to the London Stadium, um, you know, hasn't gone as well, but this year I guess our uh, our fortunes have turned a little bit and the bubbles are blowing. So uh, it's been an exciting year for me, uh, despite the fans not being back in the stadium. But uh, yeah, onwards and upwards for the Irons. Uh, my name is Josh. I'm a college student. I go to Ohio State. Um, I'm a, a good friend of Joey. Went to camp together, and uh, I'm a big Tottenham supporter. I've uh, supported. The team since about 2009 uh, got a chance to go over to London and uh, actually go to the old White Hart Lane. Um, pretty electric. Became a huge fan after that. Um, followed the team very, very closely since then. Um, through the uh, the good uh, good old years of uh, Bale to Kane, now we're back with uh, Bale and Kane. Yeah, sick, man. Um, that was actually going to be my first question for you, boys. Um, what what made you support those teams? So, obviously, with you, Josh, it was because you actually went London, went and watched the game, and you yeah, just kind of it, loved it, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a great question. Uh, everyone, at least in the U.S., has a, it's always an interesting story. Um, I feel like everyone in the U.K., you know, your family or where you're from. But in the U.S., you know, you find the team in an interesting way. For me, um, I have an uncle who's married to a woman from... London, her family is actually an Arsenal fan, uh, um, but they uh, were traveling uh, to the UK frequently, and he decided to pick up a team, and uh, somehow that uh, team was uh, Tottenham. He uh, read an article, I think, on ESPN that rated uh, Tottenham in like you know 2005 or whatever as the the best team to support, and then he found out about their like somewhat Jewish background, and he was sold on that. Um, and then when we went for they got married in 2009 um we my family went and my brother and i were like uh, you know casual casual soccer fans um yeah we uh realized that uh we wanted to go to a match and we we're like we knew chelsea and arsenal in london and the tickets were a bit too expensive and my uncle was like let's go to a tottenham match and uh that's what we did yeah fair enough mate that's a that's a sick story um apologize to the listeners there you called it soccer um, it's footy, <laughs> and then Joey, with you, then mate, West Ham. Obviously, Tottenham aren't really like Tottenham are a big club, but they've not really yeah. won much, so it's a bit strange. So, what was it that made you go for West Ham? Yeah, so um, it's a good question. I think I'll try not to stretch this out too long, but uh, in terms of the teams, I professional sports teams I support in the states, none of them are. Um, None of them are great. I mean, they, they'll have good seasons occasionally. Um, so I'm from Cincinnati, which is, which kind of was a major town formerly, like more in the 19th century, going into the 20th century. and But now it's outside of the top 20 biggest cities in terms of population in the United States. So when I started to get into soccer, I was kind of used to, you know, teams letting me down. and um but I really found out about West Ham because in 2015-16, they were qualifying or they got they got into the Europa League qualifications into the third round because of financial fair play, I think, at the time. 
because I don't I, I think they only they finished in the bottom half of the table in the 2014-15 season and so I watched one of their qualification matches on um ESPN and then I watched a second leg and of course they ended up losing but I just kept watching them for some reason uh was that Astrogogo? No, Astrogogo was uh that was before the 2016-17 season. I can't even remember what the team was sure, in 2015-16. Sure. But um yeah, so I watched that and then I just kept and then I remember the first game of the 2015-16 year was uh at Arsenal, West Ham won 2-0. Checo Cuyate scored a header, and uh, Mauro Zarate scored uh, past Petr Cech. Oh, Jack mate. To, uh, the Zarate kid. Oh, oh, yeah, the Zarate kid. Yeah, exactly. Wasn't that, like a, wasn't that match like uh, Reese Oxford? Wasn't that his name? He was yeah, Reese Oxford popped it. Yeah, oh, uh, Mezzanos. Like, yeah, that was like his only game, bro. I mean, he's rated. I remember everyone was, I mean, high flyer. came out to nothing. I can't even tell. He's probably... In non-league now. No, I think he, I think he was, I don't know, he was on loan at uh, Mönchengladbach, and then I think we sold him to another German side. I'm pretty sure he plays for a first division German side. But anyway, so I continue to follow West Ham for uh, for the move up 15 minutes across uh, East London to over to Stratford, and um, was able actually, and I studied. Uh, abroad university in my third out of fourth year of college for uh, one semester, a half a year. So this was um, from January of 2019 to May of 2019. And that was actually Pellegrini's first year. I'm pretty, yeah, his first year of management yeah. at West Ham. And West Ham actually found a purple patch. They were they were really good. I saw them play nine times. Um, and I, I you went you went to the stadium, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, because I, whatever, I don't have a season ticket. Obviously, it doesn't yeah. really. Actually, I did for one year, but I just sold it every game. It was actually last year, but 2019-20 season. <laughs> I just sold it back. It was just, I don't know, long story. But um, but I just still support the, the club and have a membership, obviously. So I was able to buy tickets that way. And I actually went to a couple of away matches, uh, notably Stamford Bridge. We lost 2-0. Eden Hazard scored like score of the world be that game where he dribbled basically our whole team and then my favorite away match was uh west ham at tottenham at their new stadium first team to score and first team to win one nil Mikel antonio so yeah so i had so i had been to a couple matches and it- it's just a fun club to support even through uh the highs and lows but yeah that's my that's my story behind my west ham fandom ship yeah, fair enough. I mean, I love always finding out why, because obviously it's massive here in the UK. And like Josh said, you normally support your local team in the city. So it's always good to know why people over in America support teams. And especially if you've been Tottenham and West Ham, not the stereotypical, you know, United and uh, Arsenal, stuff like that. Um, yeah, good stories. And, it, and it's sick that you're from over across the pond. Um, had to get the podcast name in there, but... And you've actually been to games as well. So that's pretty sick. That's oh, all. yeah, definitely. I, I mean, at least for me, I think that, like, actually going that's, like, really connected. I don't know. You know, really showed me what it's about. I wasn't messing around after that. Yeah, yeah. no, definitely. Once you feel, like, the atmosphere of the ground and see, like, when you first walk up the steps and you see the pitch, the atmosphere just, like, instantly hits you, doesn't it? and that just makes you like fall in love with it more so for me i've supported Liverpool like all my life um and you know i've I've been a big supporter of them for i'd say probably the last like eight years is when i really really started to support them because i went to a game with one of my mates and the first game i went to um was when suarez scored like four against norwich um and oh, they mate they were insane goals awesome. like one yeah. was like 40 yard volley the other was a ma- mental free yeah. kick um <laughs> and that game was just like so sick to sing with the fans obviously you'll never walk alone gave me goosebumps in that and then moving to Liverpool in uni mate I started going as many games as I could but they're so hard to get a hold of and like you said about the Arsenal and Chelsea game mate they're so expensive um, yeah, so sick, sick to know why you boys support that. I'm sure the listeners will appreciate it. Uh, we'll move on then to talk about this season. Obviously, we normally mention each game week, but there's been about 20 game weeks since the last episode. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll just have some little talking points about the league, lads, and um, 
just see what your thoughts are. So first question for you guys are, who is your player of the season so far? Josh, do you want to go first? Actually, Joey and I chatted about this uh, maybe two weeks ago. Um, I think there's three clear players that it could be. Um, no disrespect to any City player that's had a great year, but I think it's Bruno, Kane, or Diaz, um, at least for me. Um, Gundogan is probably close fourth. Yeah, um, I don't know if he's been consistent enough the whole entire year, but certainly been a great player. Um, but for me, I think I got to go with uh, Kane. Um, certainly a little biased as a Spurs fan, but I mean, most goal contributions leading the league and goals and assists. Um, he just looks at uh, that kind of player this year. Um, whether it's in the build-up play for Spurs or you know, he's really he's always been an excellent finisher. I think everybody could agree with that. One of the best in the world, certainly. But this year is playmaking ability um great uh just great vision and he's really shown with the i think he's up to 13 assists um i i think that's that's pretty unbeatable and he hasn't his trademark has almost always been penalties for his goals certainly gets uh some people uh hated him for that but i i think bruno has more penalty goals than him this year so i think that you know in itself might uh show Kane being a little bit better however I do think player of the year they don't they don't just hand out player of the year to you know mid-table team you really ought to your team has to do well it isn't an individual award but they've always given to almost always a player on a team that's a champion but I would think for Kane to really get it Spurs would have to probably get top four which is you know a bit of a long shot but certainly a chance and I think if Spurs were to get top four I think he would certainly keep up his goals and assists and be uh, deserving of it. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree, mate. To be fair, I don't know. I don't even know really about top four. Maybe if you just get top six, um, yeah, you I don't could think get it. Top four either. Because Kane at the minute, mate, like you say, he's on fire. What is it like seventeen goals and like twelve, thirteen assists, something like that. So yeah, he's yeah. thirty goal contributions, mate. Um, and he just, he just he's changes. Tottenham so much as well. Exactly, yeah, he's been injured. And when he plays them, mate, they just look so much better. Obviously, he knows Son like the back of his hand, like the link up they had for the first, like, I don't know, three months of the season. I think they were like assisting each other every single game, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, they set a record for uh, goal contributions between the two, or like uh, connections between the two goal assists, which is, I mean, this early on in the season, pretty unbelievable. Yeah, that is mad to be fair, but I don't know, mate. Maybe, maybe he's get top six. I can still see him getting it because I think the season Salah got it. I think we finished fourth that season, um, and sure. like just yeah. made it in the Champions League. Obviously, Salah was a little freak that season, mate. Um, <laughs> thirty-six yeah, goals, or thirty goals, yeah, yeah. Uh, thirty-two, so we broke the Premier League record of goals in a season, in, in well, in a thirty-eight game season. Um, but I mean, Harry Kane, seventeen goals, thirteen assists, still a decent amount of games to go, like ten or so games, nine games. So God knows what he'll finish on. Um, what about you then, Joey? What do you reckon? So um, I agree with Josh. It's it's it will probably be Kane. I think really, despite where they finish, um, and I, I kind of envision them finishing at least six, just with how. Well, I say with how they've been playing, at least in their domestic form, has been um, decent. Obviously, they're, they crashed and burned out of Europe thanks to Mislav Orsic, which was uh, nice to see. But um, I will, I'll just make the case quickly for Ruben Diaz here because not only have City kept the most clean sheets, and this kid is what? Is he? I think he's under 23. He's definitely under 23. So they've kept, oh, wow. kept 16 clean sheets this year. Um, obviously, you know, it looks like they're sort of running away with the title now. But, you know, he's not just somebody who can defend. I think he also can control and distribute the ball fairly well. I mean, he is first in terms of passes in the Premier League by over 100 passes. And second is Rodrigo. So he might not always be super pressured, but um, I think his distribution is probably better than people think. And also his ability to accommodate different partners, because if you think he's played with Stones, for a, a large portion of the year, but obviously Imeric Laporte has been sort of kind of getting filtered back into that roster. Um, 
I'm trying to think who else probably Rodri and even Fernandinho have dropped back into that center back role, probably more towards the beginning of the season. But I just think his versatility um, to play with, with any other partner or partners, because we've even seen them play three at the back, letting Cancelo and whoever's on the left and Shenko or, um, or if Cancelo's yeah, on the and... left and Walker's on the right. So yeah, yeah, I just think he's flexible and his, his ability to command the defense has been incredible this year. Yeah, what a signing. I mean, really, that's just like it's what City's been looking for for years, spending all that money on defenders and finally figuring, you know, they're looking the part this year with uh, him and uh, Kinshella. Yeah, to, to be fair, I didn't realize that he was that young as well, only 23. So, you know, he's that's still scary. got years till he's reaching his prime. So the, oh, yeah. the sky's the limit for him. And, uh, as oh, you yeah, were saying be able about to see Euros, Portugal, yeah, in it, mate. And it's going to be a good team. As you were saying about um, partnerships before Diaz joined City, you'd have thought John Stone's career was in the bin, and then um, mm-hmm. he partners with Diaz, and I think what was it like twelve, thirteen games they had together in a row where they didn't concede a single goal as a centre back partnership. It's mental, it's absolutely it's crazy. And a John Stone's clean sheet, like before this season, would have sounded something to laugh at, to be fair, because he was absolutely shit. But yeah, man, Diaz, Diaz has really turned them around. Um, and you know, again, Van Dyke won it a couple seasons ago, so we have seen centre backs win it. Um, whether or not he will, I I don't know. But twenty three, he's got plenty of time under his belt. I think for me, I I'd probably have to go. Harry Kane, to be fair, or as much as I despise Man United more than any other team in the world, yeah, probably have to mention Fernandez. Yeah, like Bruno, every everybody says obviously penalty merchant and whatnot, but he's got ten assists as well as sixteen goals this season in the league, and all of his assists are from open play, so not a free kick, not a mm-hmm. corner. They're, they're all open play, and ten assists is a good return as well as creating the most big chances in the league this season with seventeen. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Any I, sort of natural striker. Yeah, he's he's sick, man. Like when I was gutted when he was really good for United. When they signed him, I was like, oh yeah, he was sick in the Portuguese league, but he's gonna do shit in the Prem. And then he's just throughout all of twenty twenty was just the best player in the league. And yeah, he's that, continued that, to bang I mean, him. A bit harsh because he's deserving. I mean, he's quality, but. You know, I, I, he's he's a good player. I do think he he uh, he's better than a, a good player. He's better. a great player. Oh, he's a great player. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's absolute quality, and he makes United United this year. Um, I mean, it's like if he had, imagine like him and Kane on the same team. I yeah, like what they would do. I feel bad that you know, like United, Cavani and uh, Marshall have not have uh, done as well. Yeah. Well, there, there's talks of Kane potentially moving to United, isn't there? Yeah, oh, yeah. I'll stay away from that one. <laughs> but I think if if you want a case in point of Fernandez, why he is so good and how he's been so dominant, if you look, if you go back to they played at the London Stadium at West Ham, there was actually fans there. December fifth of twenty twenty, we were up one nil at halftime, and we could have been up two or three nil easily. We missed a, a bunch of big chances, um, but Ole subbed on. Rashford and Fernandez in the second half and I don't think Bruno ended up scoring but he definitely had at least a couple goal contributions and they United ended up winning 3-1 it could have been more and he just absolutely ran that second half and he was only in there for 45 minutes so if you want you know one snippet of how good he is and how much he can take over a game against you know a team West Ham was it's not like we've been pushovers this year so that 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 in alone could be his case for, you know, being player of the year. So they've, they've all been brilliant, Diaz, Fernandez, and Kane. But I think ultimately it's – if Kane gets anywhere like near 40 goal contributions, it's going to be hard to overlook that. So Yeah, definitely, mate. And like I said, nine, nine games left. Um, I'm not sure what Tottenham's run is like coming up, but you'd back him to score against any team, to be fair. And then, as well, outside shout that was mentioned early on, um, obviously Gundogan. I think I agree. Um, I think the reason he even came into the conversation was because he had about a two-month spell where he would just seem to be the only player scoring for City. 
um, which for him was so rare because he never really has goals in his game. So I think that's what threw him into the conversation. But uh, I do agree, if you're going to win player of the season, it has to be you're performing throughout the whole season like that. Yeah, yeah I think I, he's, I, he's won a fair bit of the Player of the Month awards, which could be sometimes signed. I, yeah, I know the uh, the vote is different. You know, it's the players versus the media there, but I do think that is a, a bit of a good sign for him. I'm looking Bruno also. Bruno also had two back to back, yeah, so yeah, Kane hasn't had one yet. Son won. A bit interesting, but <laughs> all right, boys. Well, other yeah, than think... player of the season, then. Oh, sorry, Joey. Go on. Do you want to finish? Up? No. I was going to say, ultimately, I just think Gundogan is, is probably just a little bit overshadowed by Diaz just because of how he's been in the side. I don't know. Has he been rested or rotated once or twice the whole year? And he's just – City's, you know, defense has just been incredible this year. So I think ultimately that probably just overshadows Gundogan a little bit just because, like you said, the the, consistent, the consistency throughout the whole year. So Yeah, most definitely, mate. Um, so we'll move on then to a similar question, but not necessarily player of the season. So if you take out player of the season kind of thing, who has been your like biggest surprise kind of thing? Like who's who's impressed you most that isn't normally in the player of the season um, like category or conversation? Do you know what I mean? So someone that you didn't expect to have the season they're having. I can start. I mean, I'll just, and I think this is obvious. At least I hope it is. I think Patrick Bamford, <laughs> he has yeah, 20 mate, goal contributions. Him. And, at, you know, at times he's looked incredible. I mean, the, I think it was the first time they played Villa. You know, I think he had a hat trick, a couple of worldly goals in there that you would have never thought he would have been oh, mate, shot. Yeah, they were filthy. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, and then at Leicester, he, he had another, I don't know, two or three goal contributions. I thought it looked very good. And I'm sure I'm missing some other games, some other matches. But, yeah, he's been incredible this year. And um, I I just I did not expect that at all. That was just the first one that came off, of, off my mind. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I think uh, Bamford certainly, uh, credit to him, disappointed didn't get into the England squad. I mean, I'm not sure about it. That choice there, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go for three guys. Um, a little bit on the uh, not with the big six, but James Justin at Leicester uh, before he got injured was playing brilliantly. Oh, yeah. um, totally stepped up um, with all their defensive injuries and made a significant difference. I mean, not just defensively, but I mean he looked great going forward, and I going think Leicester as well. really yeah they've had awful injuries this year but somehow find themselves in a great position in the league and credit to a lot of their players but i think justin in particular i mean young english guy first full season in the prem definitely a big shame he got cut short with the injury hopefully he gets back and is on the same form um the other two guys i think for me i'm pretty shocked with um just didn't really think this would uh come about but villa defense like martinez and Kansa in particular yeah, martinez yeah just i mean from how they were looking last year i mean they relatively have the, about the same team you know same manager and they're miles miles ahead of where they were last year um with their relegation battle um and i think it's really credit to the defense i mean grealish has been about the same you know really quality but the defense has really stepped up and I, you know mings obviously gets a lot of the attention but i think Kansa is almost just as good as Mings, if not better. And Martinez in goal has been absolutely brilliant for him. Yeah, Martinez, mate, is... I I honestly, when Leno got injured and Martinez was playing in, like, all the games after that, I don't understand. Like, I get after that he thought, you know what, Leno's back. I do want to go play first-team football. But I don't know why Austin didn't give more of a chance, mate. He's insane. I'd, I'd honestly prefer him over Leno. Personally, yeah, he's been. I mean, great, great signing for Villa there. But yeah, so from for my shout, um, and you know, it's it's probably he has been in the conversation of being a good player and whatnot. But for me, I I didn't personally rate him until this season, and I chose James Madison over him, and I talked shit about him, and then he went on to have an absolute masterclass and. Villa beat Liverpool 7-2. But, mate, Grealish, I did not realise Grealish was such a baller. 
Like, obviously, yeah, he's rated. But for me personally, I didn't rate him at all. And then this season, mate, he's he's so entertaining to watch. And not in the Premier League, but I don't know if you ever saw his um, performance for England. Um, oh, my, mate. I, I can't remember who it was against, but he's just so Absolutely. talented and just, yeah. And he, he just carries the team and especially with like Villa. Obviously, they're all a great team, but going forward, he's always supplying to Watkins, to um, like uh, what's his name? That Traore, Ross Barkley, and yeah, he's Bruce just yeah. Oh, mate, he's just so good to watch. Yeah, he's an absolutely brilliant player. I mean, if he did, if he's not in England's midfield for the Euros, there's something wrong. Uh, he's, I mean, always, always yeah. commanding the ball, and just he's brilliant on it too. I mean, great, great ability. I, I really think he'll. It'll be interesting to see. I don't. I don't see him at Villa for too long. We'll see where he uh, goes. And to to a testament to Grealish's, uh, you know, great form this year. He's been injured the last. I don't know. Am I right to say the last four to five game weeks? And if you look at their results, they and they lost. They just lost to Tottenham. They drew with Newcastle. You know, a side who got battered by Brighton. Obviously, mm-hmm. all the Brighton are. Brighton can do that when 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 XG doesn't haunt them, and then they drew nil nil with Wolves. They lost to Sheffield, so I mean, it just goes to show how important Grealish really is to Villa, and he just runs the show over there, and he is he's a joy to watch and a baller. So I hope he I hope he continues to play well. Yeah, same, mate. I I really like him. Like, I, I see, basically what happened was, right, I said on the podcast, oh, I'd choose Madison all day over Grealish. Next game, Villa v Liverpool, 7-2. Oh, mate, he made me look a right, mate. Honestly, he was, he was such a little freak that game. And it, it killed me. Um, and yeah, then, obviously... A couple of deflections that game. A couple, mate. Basically, every goal was a joke. <laughs> um but then, <laughs> as well, well someone were, else who was impressed every chance, every chance. Yeah, it was like it was like a game of FIFA with sliders on or something. It was stupid, man. Um, I this season as well have really rated Aaron Cresswell. I think Cresswell's been sick this season. Obviously, you're the West Ham fan. What what are your thoughts on him? But I think he's been ace, man. Yeah, the the Merseyside Maldini, as as they call him, <laughs> in East London. He's he's and I and I I, I was gonna bring up maybe Cresswell or um or Thomas Socek, but you know I didn't want my West Ham bias to come out. I wanted oh, so to show my general well. knowledge of the Premier League, but yeah. But I mean Cresswell is has seven assists this year, um, which is six in the Premier League and um in the whole Premier League, and he's first for defenders, so his delivery has been outstanding, um, particularly from set pieces. He and Craig Dawson have linked up recently on a couple of goals from corners. Um, so his, yeah, I don't know, it's something about Moy's system. At first, we started off in that sort of three slash five at the back where he was playing left center back and Masuaka was playing left wing back. And mm-hmm. they both kind of just got forward and either Rice or Socek would sit deeper in to form that back three. And he like would overlap Masuaku and just have great service into the box. So I think, I guess that system has, has, um, has suited him really well. And, but just his in general, one-on-one defending and ability to block has also improved. And I, I think that's just seen across the side, but yeah, Cresswell has been, been brilliant for us and if not for him we probably wouldn't be uh nearly as high on the table so that's also a great shout yeah definitely i agree and i I think for west ham it all all kind of changed for you when david moyes got covid he got covid he was staying at home and then out of nowhere from then you just kicked on and where are you like fifth in the table something like that (laughs) yeah fifth now yeah man two points off fourth that's uh that's kind of mad, that. And then Tottenham, they're three points off fourth. Um, so, while well, we're speaking about that, then, who at the start of the season, who did you boys, because I assume you would have spoke about this with each other, who did you have as your top four at the start of the season? This is funny you ask, because Josh and I always, uh, we always predict not only the table every year, but we predict the player of the year, the young player of the year, golden boot, most assists, blah, blah, blah. So I, I just pulled mine up right here. And 
my top four was I had Liverpool repeating, which I, I mean, you know, looking back, I, obviously now it looks dumb, but it, I mean, you're, what's my thought process then, hmm. you know, at the end of the summer? I, I mean, if Van Dyke doesn't get hurt, and it's easy to say this, right, if they don't have a bunch of different injuries, I mean, they probably easily could be back up there, so. But that's a wash. I had City second. I had City second, Chelsea third, United fourth. So. You had City second place. Uh, Chelsea, you had getting the top four, and therefore when you had United getting top four as well. Okay, interesting. What about you, Josh? Uh, wait, real quick, Joey, where do you have uh, West Ham finishing? Yeah. So, and I also this is funny because what were our, our expectations were just they had I had West Ham sixteen. <laughs> sixteen. How about that? Uh, I had a, uh, I had City winning the title. I know I'm a. I need a. Should have placed a bet. I had Liverpool second, Spurs third, Chelsea fourth. Um, uh, that was a. Uh, you know, I I think that's about fair. You know, we'll see how it ends up. Just switching maybe United and Liverpool. Um, but uh, I don't know. Oh, we'll we'll see. Chelsea should be able to nick it, but maybe Spurs. Yeah, mate. I, well, I I was similar to Joey. I had um, I had Liverpool first. Obviously, got to back the boys. Um, but Jesus, like oh, I can't believe how bad it's gone for us. And then um, I think second place. I either had City or Spurs. Um, but I made so I I made my prediction when. Uh, Spurs were like literally Kane assists on Son assists Kane so Spurs were flying at that point and I, I backed them and then I think I had City third and fourth I think was like I think I had Everton you know because obviously I did it when Everton at the time were top of the league so I wasn't expecting them to fall off as much as they did Um, so I, I think I think it was after about seven eight games in I made my prediction Um based on like everyone's form or what we've seen so far. Um, but now mine are looking stupidly wrong. I had West Ham probably I don't know, around fifteen. Yeah, I, had them in 15, I think yeah. I even had uh I think I even had Leeds in top eight because Leeds were doing unbelievable at the start. I had yeah. Arsenal out of the top eight. I think I had United like eighth or something, which has pissed me off because the fact that they're in second. Um <laughs> But yeah, so what what are your overall thoughts like so far on how the season's gone? Like obviously Liverpool losing five home games in a row in the league, West Ham been in top five, like it's, it's a bit everywhere, isn't it? Sheffield United, no one expected them to be this poor after the season they had last year. Yeah. Uh the, on Sheffield quickly, I think it goes to show the importance of um not only the the first year in the Prem, I just think there's that certain, I don't know, energy around the squad and, you know, everybody's fighting for the badge and, and fighting for, you know, any points at the time. And that's kind of how Sheffield had to play, but also just goes to show how, how good of a keeper Dean Henderson is. And not that Ramsdale doesn't have a bright future, but I think that there's been times that if Henderson is there, he probably makes certain saves or commands the box better or his distribution is a little bit better. And I, I think really for Sheffield, that matters a lot because, um, you know, they last year, I, I don't know the statistics and I could be way off, but I'm guessing they, they let, uh, you know, a, a good amount of shots on the goal. So I just think them not having that, that stopper there is, is hugely important. And now you can kind of see Henderson start to take over that, that number one role at, at United. So I think he could be in there for a while, but just in general for the whole season, it's been so wacky. Um, and I think that's relatively, it's kind of expected because of COVID, but yeah, it's not, not even just, I don't know, just the, the cluster of games and, and I don't know, just mentally it's kind of messed up, not just like citizens around the world and people around the world, but the players too. I mean, they're all going through this too and it's weird for them. So I don't know. But Josh, what yeah, do you have? Definitely. I mean, I, it's it's hard to I think dive too deep into analyzing how teams have been, um, but certainly City have figured out how to play, um, and the, without the fans, um, not sure they 
played and with too many fans anyway. anyway. Yeah, exactly. But they figured, you know, Pep <laughs> has figured out how to get this team going and the results. You know, they they look at them at the beginning of the season. I mean, the first eight matches, they they were dropping points similarly to how, you know, any other team was. And then all of a sudden they just nicked, you know, what, 14 in a row. And that now they're yeah, on the they season. Yeah, they just nicked, just nicked them. Um, but... Yeah, and so, like, teams like Sheffield, you know, like, last season, you know, maybe the fans and the energy, like you were kind of saying, the first season um, back up, that that was kind of pushing them forward. You know, they certainly didn't score a lot of goals last season, and this season they've scored even less, but they just haven't got the the ball bouncing in their favor too much, and that that can uh, really uh, do you in, you know, too many 1-0 losses uh, since you at the bottom. But, I mean, also, like, at the beginning of the year, what, they didn't win their opening 13 matches or something like that? And that is astounding. Like, that is – it's just – it's unlucky, and the team is clearly not in a good position. Um, I was a bit surprised they fired the manager, but, I mean, at some point you got to look at what next season the championship's going to look like and make sure you can get your squad in the best position to, uh, you know, stay in the championship and fight for promotion back to the Prem. Yeah, mate. The the sacking of Chris Wilder, I think, was so wrong. Like, no, mainly because right, the position they're in now, no manager that you bring in is gonna say that. So I mean, they've they've got what like four wins all season now. As you said, they I think yeah. they set the record for longest run without a win in the Premier League. Like, well, starting off the season without a win, um, they've conceded fifty goals, only scored sixteen. Um oh. and they're on fourteen points. You know what I mean? Like Sack all Sacking Wilder is gonna do is just cause like discomfort or whatever in the changing room because a new manager's gonna have to come in. Wilder's been there, he's took them up to the Premier League, got them ninth last season, which mate, when Sheffield came up last season, I had them in my bottom three to go straight oh, yeah, back yeah, down. Yeah, and then finishing ninth, and then obviously Second season syndrome has hit them massively. As you said, they haven't got the fans backing them. Um, but they, mate, like, sacking was so stupid. They should have thought, all right, let's just write this season off, see what players we can hold on to for next year. Let's get some contracts sorted. And then let's just go again and go back up. Do you know what I mean? Wilder knows the team better than anyone. He's a Sheffield fan, so yeah, stupid, stupid decision there, man. Getting rid of him. Yeah, um, I mean, honestly, I do think I, it's a bit worrisome when you're that bad that they. I hate to say it, but like they, they could potentially look dropping even further than the championship, uh, if especially if they lose players. I mean, we'll see, but I don't know if I necessarily rate them to get right back up. Yeah, definitely not now after losing Wilder. And the championship is just their quality is improving year after year as well. So many teams are just smashing it in the championship at the minute that Sheffield are going to struggle. Um, but as well, like they they bought Brewster and we are laughing, mate. We got like, what, 24 million for him? And he's been absolutely mm-hmm. poor. Do you know what I mean? So, but then I don't know. I, I agree with you guys. I think. Home advantage has been just completely taken away this season. It just like does not exist. Um, so it's all just kind of came down really to who has got the better eleven on the pitch. So I think that's why City are just walking it because in goal they've got one of the best goalies, and then if you go through every single position, they've got top three except for maybe attackers with Aguero being off form and the attackers not really firing as much as we're used to. Um, but yeah, it's it's been mad. I, I literally can't believe it, mate. So in terms of what you think was the biggest shock so far this season, what are you going to go for? Like the biggest shock result? Uh, you, yeah, biggest shock result or just the biggest shock overall? Okay, yeah, Overall, sure. I think it it's probably has to be, sorry, but Liverpool. I mean, they... For how good they've been, I mean, in, in the past few seasons, yeah, like at least rightfully they won the league last year, but they still have an excellent team, but injuries have just absolutely plagued them. Um, and it's, it's harsh because when you lose that many center backs and, you know, I mean, you know, Henderson now out, it's it, how can you have the consistency? And uh, to sit in seventh, 
to those league matches lost. I mean, how incredible was that Anfield run uh, without having an unbeaten run? I mean, that is literally astounding. Multiple seasons. Uh, yeah, six, six, the eight. Yeah, eight and like now that like it was made like a joke almost that what three in a row you lost at home or maybe four that uh i think it's five or six five, yeah i mean that's uh, it doesn't even make sense so uh, it's a bit of a shock and you know we'll see how they do i, I if they keep the group that they had last year and next year i i would still rate them to be you know we've seen that team be absolutely unbeatable you know world beaters um so it's it's definitely a big shock to see them as low as they are and you know it could be interesting if you know where they land at the end of the season whether europa champions league or nothing because that certainly has implications going forward yeah definitely mate i mean like for me um i would say liverpool as well I and mean, i just checked it's six home defeats in a row in the league um obviously champions league we're oh, doing all right geez. but and mate when you look as well we've scored more goals in Budapest than what we scored at Anfield in 2020. Uh, it's, that's a joke. It's ridiculous. It, in 2020, we've scored one goal at Anfield in the league and it was against... I literally... Oh, it was against City, but we got pumped 4-1. So, when you think of that famous front three, getting one home goal in three months is... Man, it's a joke. Yeah, I, it, I think people need to be careful and, like, hopefully in the future, like, next season they do well. But it, it's no discredit to what they did last season or the year before because they were one of the best prem sides there there was. Um, and it's just shocking that they're, that they're you know, it's a bit of a lose of confidence and that's what happens. It's a brutal league. Yeah, definitely, mate. So, are you... Are you... Very much so. Are you saying that's your biggest shock as well then, Liverpool? Uh, yeah, I, I guess it's probably Liverpool. I'm, I'm looking at the table right now. and um, In terms of performance, yeah, I guess one thing that I've, I've also been, sh I don't know about shocked by, because it's not like they're a side that's like full of like that much quality, but Southampton's form from about, I don't know, like the maybe the beginning of December or the end of November on has just been awful because I can rem I can like vividly remember them tweeting uh, like stop count. the count stop yeah. the count because they were in yeah. first after they had um I, I think they had played one more game than everybody else and they leapfrog a couple of teams to the first of the table and uh, their form has been awful and I, it's probably coincided with Ings being injured a fair amount because obviously he's their talisman and He's the guy who really gets them going. But that's one thing that's certainly surprised me this year. Um, as well as if you told me at the beginning of the season that uh, Lampard would be fired, that that would be shocking to me. Just considering what he did last year, obviously without um, any transfer window um, and getting them into top four in Champions League. And if you would have told me at the beginning of the, this year with the signings of Werner, Havertz, Ziyech, Tiago Silva, right? I mean, these are all massive at names. Least, yeah, there. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Or you know, either you know, Staples and in uh, Silva and I guess Ziyech to an extent, there to VC and and Werner and Havertz are looking like bright young stars. And I, yeah, and obviously for Chelsea, it's, it was warranted. I mean, Tuchel is is now doing wonders with um with them, and it, it certainly looks like they'll t finish top four now and. I think that I don't think it means that Lampard is a bad manager. Maybe he wasn't quite totally ready for the Chelsea job. Who knows what was going on behind the scenes there? But obviously Abramovich is cold blooded, and with the with the sort of investment that they had into into the squad, I guess it was just unacceptable. Yeah, to him. I mean, I, at the beginning, that was definitely one of the biggest. At the shocks. beginning of the year, people were, I mean, putting Chelsea on for the title and to win yeah, the league. So yeah, I, that's yeah, certainly that. a shock that and. They're still out in the Champions League, still in a fine league position. But, I mean, think how different they've been this year than City. I mean, that's that's, that's what it, it takes a lot to win the Prem. And uh, you can't be uh, you can't slip up like they have. No, definitely, mate. And 
It's just, it's just like when you look at this league table, this season's league table compared to last, there's just so like so many different positions. Like as we were saying about Aston Villa, Aston Villa literally survived by the skin of their teeth last season, and before Grealish's injury, you they they were such a wild card. You'd think they could beat anyone. Do you know what I mean? They were they were pumping teams, but then they'd lose to stupid teams and. Now, obviously, their form's dropped a bit, but they've just finished off with a win. And then, as well, a team that's uh, all the way down in 13th that finished in 7th last season, Wolves as well. Yeah. Wolves were so good to watch last year. Obviously, they've um, lost their striker, Jimenez, um, which was a grim injury. I don't know. Did you, did you watch that game? Yeah, against Arsenal. Yeah. Did you hear, like, the like pop mate when their heads banged oh god that was horrible yeah it was it with like David Luiz I think yeah David Luiz yeah and it's, it's oh mate it was just like the sound of like someone knocking on wood or something it was grim that but like Wolves Wolves dropped um, like I said West Ham getting into the top five after how they started it's just been so mad and I, I hope that fans um can return next year um next season anyway but we'll have to wait and see yeah it's needed i mean it's it's not it's just not the same i I do like it's interesting wolves like i felt like last season and i guess seasons passed but like you have side like wolves or last year sheffield a bit like a mid table but they always seem to get results against like the big six um and like it was almost just those sides you know here and there you have a team that will nick it but like this year i felt like it's not just, you know, two sides that are, like, pushing up the table. It's almost everyone, every game. Um, there's anybody can uh, get anything. Um, and it hasn't always felt that way, I don't think. Yeah, definitely. Well, ju- just between 10th and 4th, there's um, only 10 points in it, which when you think between 10th and 4th, that that's not a massive gap. So, I mean, last season it was 12 points, but it's looking like it's going to be quite a high point top four this season. Still nine games to go and second place on 57 points. Um, obviously, City finished on high points last season as well as Liverpool, but taking away them, uh, third place United had 66 points. So, literally well, three huh? more wins in their next nine games and they've already matched that tally. So, I can see at least three teams this season getting over that 66, maybe even over the 70 mark potentially. Yeah, you always. I feel like I always yep. forget it's, what it uh, takes for a team to finish top four. You know, it's not always, you know, excellence throughout the entire year. You know, on great form, but it's about, you know, getting some back to back. You know, three, four in a row a few times, and you uh, see yourself climbing the table. Yeah, definitely, mate. It's li- literally just consistency. You just once you, once you drop off, you've got a make sure it's not a continuous run. You've got to bounce back quickly to make sure you don't find yourself in a rut kind of thing like we are, mate. I'd, I don't know. What, what do, you, do you boys reckon Liverpool can pull out top four at all? Or Let's look at their schedule really quick because I think that really matters. But they're what? They're... I don't know. I think they. I, it is early. I mean, there's nine matches left. Five points Let's off. See the fixtures. If they, if there's no reason why they can't. Um, are they going to? I think is a bit different of a story. They only have United really in the league. Villa, Arsenal. It's, it's not too difficult. They got, they finish off the year. Southampton, West Brom, Burnley, Palace. Burnley. They could add easily twelve yeah, from that. So, well, I mean, I don't. We'll know. see where they're at. Yeah, I'll, I want to return anyone. I'll just quickly remind you though. Um, our last six home games: Fulham beaters, Burnley beaters. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> we we've had some some shocking losses there, mate. Brighton beaters at home. Um, Brighton are a weird one though, mate. I Brighton have been them, good away this year. Yeah, they well watching Brighton. They've always looked and performed really good. Um, well, for the most part, but they just don't seem to ever get wins. Like, do you remember the United game where it was 3-2 and there was the handball after the final whistle yeah, blown and they lost that? Stupid. But Brighton could have been like five balls at that game and just when you watch them, 
they play such good football for the most part when Lamptey was fit and Solly March and Trossard and then obviously Conley and Malpe. Um, but only seven wins from 29 games. Like if you, if you watch the games and didn't know the score or see the goals, you'd probably think they'd be a lot better off than that based on their performances. Yeah, they're, this, uh, that's why in XG they're like, they're like I think they're fifth in the XG table, and I'm not like some XG nut or anything, but I'm not you know some uh, somebody who's crazy about that statistic. But it's it's um, they definitely play a, a positive style of football, and maybe if the quality of the player was a little bit better, or their the quality of their finishing was a bit better, um, I know. Mope has not had the best year, and uh, I think Trossard, I, I feel like I've seen him hit the the post or the woodwork like 10 times, so um, it's just a little bit more luck goes their way. Who knows? Maybe they're sitting comfortably around 10th instead of sort of flirting down there in the, where are they, like 15th or 16th right now? Yeah. 16th? Yeah, so. Yeah. They, they're, they're different than the other, you know, the other bottom sides in that usually the relegation sides are all set up defensively, you know, like how West Prom are, and just try to scrap along and stay alive and you know, Newcastle try to do that. Burnley certainly are like that. Um, but yeah, like you said, yeah, the quality of player just, they, they certainly play attractive style. That's why people like them. But yeah, if they stay alive in the prem, who knows, you know, I remember Lester back in uh 14, 15, when they were in 20th, everyone was always saying the exact same thing about them, that how are you, you play better than this other side, but you still lose the match. Um, and that was kind of a credit to Leicester having this, you know, some some decent side. And they uh, next year won the league. Not saying Brighton is going to win next year, but if they <laughs> certainly, it's certainly a positive thing to be producing high expected goals. And uh, you know, when you're in 16th with 29 matches played, you're just trying to stay up. So I think that's definitely their target now. And hopefully, look on to next season who you can bring in to really get that side up into mid table. Yeah, definitely. And if yeah. if Brighton end up winning the league next season, we know what uh, audio clips. Oh yeah, to. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That. yeah. Um. We'll, we'll end it with this then. Um. What position do you see your team finishing this season? Nine games to go for our three teams. Where do you see yourself finishing? Uh. I'll start. So, obviously, we've had a, an incredible year this this season, and um, you know, as long as we don't do a do a huge West Ham and finish like outside of the top seven, I'll I'll be happy just because um, you know I think we've dominated a lot of teams, and and one thing we haven't done in the past years is is taking care of business, like taking care of the teams that we've we've uh we're supposed to beat and this far i can't really think of uh a loss to uh like a a bottom half of the table team that really sticks out in my mind other than we lost newcastle 2-0 on the opening day um so i'm i'm very happy with how west ham's played this year and i actually think we could be higher because i think we lead the league in terms of times we've hit the woodwork or post so um a couple more goals you know would better our goal differential and maybe put us into into fourth or floating around third but I think ultimately we'll probably finish I think we'll probably finish six is what I'll say I think we might scrap Europa League do you think Tottenham are gonna pick you to top five yeah probably but we, I mean that being said we do have a comfortable I mean, we do have a fairly decent uh run of fixtures left we don't I think we might have to play one more team in the traditional top six so um we still go away to Leicester yeah, you guys and, it, we play Chelsea actually in a decent run and decent running for us. We play Chelsea in a mess. Yeah, I I don't know, but just after the after that match against Arsenal on Sunday, and you know that just feels like such a such a classic like West Ham moment. Like we're up three. Oh yeah, that was that was two own goals, and that shades of that shades of you know stuff that happened in the past and. Obviously, I don't want to bring this negative energy, and who knows what the energy is like in the camp. I think with Lingard and and Declan Rice leading the way, I think it's honestly like fairly positive, and I don't think they're players who are like 
really going to define themselves by the past of the club. So hopefully they prove me wrong, but it's just the kind of West Ham in me. That's like the eternal pessimist, but um, Hey, I don't know if we scrape a result against a win against Chelsea and that's at home, that would be, you know, a, a massive victory and, you know, if, could eventually take us above them. So who knows? But I'll, I think six is probably realistic. Yeah, well, looking at your run, Leicester... Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And Leicester, Chelsea and Everton are probably the teams you're most worried about. But you've got you at mm-hmm. home for all them games. Obviously, like we said, with fans, home advantage is kind of gone. But, mate, like, you're looking sick. And Lingard, by the way, mentioned him. What a baller he's been. He's, he's changed. Jay Lings! Yeah, he's, yeah. he's been sick. How about that mate. goal on Sunday? Yeah, he's he's absolutely class. And then, unfortunately, obviously, against Arsenal, like, it's probably your two best performers. Dawson, since coming in the side, was a rock for you. And Sojcek, obviously, yeah. unbelievable. Um, unfortunate for them to get the two on goals and silly that he's like, a 3-0 lead like that goal. But, um, yeah, yeah, be be interesting to see if he can make it into European football. And then, what about you yeah, then, the last thing... Go on, Joey. Well, sorry, real quick. The... Yeah, the last thing I'll say about... Uh... The game on Sunday was real quickly. Also, even despite those two own goals and, and you know, a little bit of uh, probably unfortunate refereeing that didn't really go in our favor, um, you know, Antonio still could have finished it off. And he missed from like one yard out. And to be yeah. fair, I mean, it was a cross that was hit pretty hard at him. And I'm, I have no idea, you know, how many strikers out of 10 finished that. But um yeah, it's just those chances that hopefully we don't rue. I look back at the end of the year and and say coulda, shoulda, woulda. And then also, I just want to p- report that uh, I quickly I was looking on Twitter and Thomas Socek has just scored a hat trick against Estonia. <laughs> oh my! So the guy, all, all the all the guy does is score goals. So he's just an absolute baller. Yeah. But, to be fair to Socek, we uh, didn't mention him for a surprise this season. He's had a a brilliant year. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah, yes. he's been insane, mate. He seems to get his head on absolutely everything, and um, even that other geezer you signed, that Vladimir Kufal, mate. He was he seems a little fighter for you as well. Um, good business there. I rem- I remember mentioning him on the transfer episode we did, um, and saying like, no, nobody really. I don't know if you did, Joey, heard about them, but I'd never heard about them until they ended up at West Ham, and they've turned out to be great signings for you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you to Slavia Prague, definitely for them because they're probably the reason we have half of the points we do this year. They've been both been incredible. I don't, I don't think I think Sofal has been rotated once since he, um, since he got in the squad, and same with Socek. I mean, he's they've been yeah, rocking. I didn't know about them. So. He'd jump in front of the train for a team. That's a that's a dedicated player. <laughs> yeah, he would. Yeah, he would. What about you then, Josh, mate? What are you saying? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, I'm going to have to feed through the bias here, but I'm going to go Spurs for fourth. Um, you know, they uh, obviously not had as great of a year as any would imagine, and certainly last week was a horrendous week for the uh, the club, and certainly bringing into some question of, you know, is Mourinho the man for the job? Um, I'm not mm-hmm. sure he is. But they're only two points off top four. Um, or sorry, three points off top four. And, uh, you know, the Europa League getting bounced for that could maybe be a blessing in disguise. Um, just less games playing, mm-hmm. able to focus on the Prem. Depending how long, if Sun comes back, Spurs got, they have the Carabao Cup final against City, which actually is not a horrible match because they get a, a break from the Prem. It's a it's a Premier League weekend, so it's not, not a it's not a a midweek game like a Champions League or Europa League game. So it's a little more rest. And the other top four teams, Chelsea, Liverpool, both have Champions League. Chelsea are still in the FA Cup semifinal against City. That's a lot of matches. Chelsea have a legit chance for at least a Champions League final. As sickening as that sounds, but they got a great draw there. And I think that's gonna that could maybe play a bit of a part. Um, the teams are gonna have to balance all those matches, and if Spurs can nick some games, they have they don't have the hardest run in. Uh, they still got to play Everton United, um, but 
We'll see. Leicester on the yeah, final Leicester day. That final that could be a yeah. big match. Um, I think I think Spurs will. I could literally decide. Spurs it. could definitely see. Uh, they yeah. could, I, I think they'll have a they'll have a chance. So I'll I'll put them at fourth. Yeah. No. Definitely. And I mean, if you look at the last five form, they've got um, the best form with four wins. Um, and a loss is it, but well, they've won their last three as well in a row in the league, so that's good for them. And then I'll end it on Liverpool saying we're not going to get a uh, top four, unfortunately. But I'm going to go on record and say it now we are winning the Champions League and we are making it seven, one hundred percent without a doubt in my mind. Um, anyway, boys, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Um, when the Premier League action resumes. Um, be great to have you back, and we can do the usual layout of the podcast. We'll talk through each game week, um, talk through each game. If you boys would be up for that, then just let us know. Um, but yes, yeah, it's been great to have you, lads. I'm sure the listeners will appreciate having a few new voices in there and some different opinions from different fans. And who knows, maybe when Zeke's back, we can have a little argument between Josh and Zeke, the Tottenham and Arsenal rivalry. Yeah, bring it on. <laughs> I should yeah, say, boys, Spurs right. finishing above Arsenal on, without a doubt. Book it now. Five years in a row. Oh, mate. Arsenal <laughs> awesome. aren't even getting top 10, I don't think. Right, anyway, boys, we're, we will wrap it up there. Good hour session. Um, covered a few topics, mentioned player of the season, shots of the season and whatnot. Um, hope you guys enjoyed listening. As always, thank you for tuning in. And um, once again, thank you to Joey and Josh for joining. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks yeah. for having us. Come on, you lions. <laughs>